thank you so much for listening to, for me, these films are the juice. It means so much to me, the amount of people that have reached out and told me how much they're enjoying the podcast. Um, the feedback that they're giving to me is fantastic. And I just want to thank you all so much for taking the time to listen to what I have to say about these films. If you'd like to support me further um, and follow what I'm going to talk about in the future or um, support the podcast itself, you can do so in a variety of ways. I'm on Instagram at these films are the juice, Twitter at films are the juice, Facebook at these films are the juice. Also on Spotify, guess what it's called? For me, these films are the juice. And I also have a Patreon. These films are the juice. Via Patreon, you're able to pay a certain amount, which will help support the podcast and help me produce it in the future. You'll also be able to decide on films that I'm going to talk about in the future. And also, I'll be able to record some exclusive podcast recordings for such things as deeper dives into specific directors, top 10 lists, and anything else that anyone else would like to hear from me. I want to say thank you very much again to everybody that's listening to the podcast, um, that's reaching out to me on social media, and are generally just offering kind words, very good feedback, and supporting me in general. It's really greatly appreciated. So thank you very much. All right, Ramblers, let's get rambling. My name is Steve and thank you for listening. So we're here with episode two of For Me, These Films Are The Juice. At the end of the Pulp Fiction podcast, I said that we'd be doing a comedy this week and we are. Uh, slightly cheating, however, it's a comedy horror, or in fact, to be more precise, it's a rom zom Um This is a film that made the difficult bridge from TV to film for its stars and its director. For some who've tried that, it can really exacerbate things, but not for these guys. They grabbed their cricket bats, their spades, their shard ALPs, and took a huge step into Hollywood. So here we go, Shaun of the Dead, let's do it. I love this film. I think I hadn't watched it for a while up until I watched it again ready for this podcast. And I'd forgotten how much I do love this film. Someone said to me when I when I told them this week that I was doing Shaun of the Dead. They talked about the other films uh, in the Cornetto trilogy as well. And asked me which one was my favourite. And automatically I said Hot Fuzz. Which might still be the case. But... I just, I love this film. I really enjoyed it. It's so tight. It's only an hour and 40 minutes long. It tells such a great story. There's so many callbacks. It's so clever. It's so British. It's so subtle at times in the acting, which is a bit of a weird thing to say with a zombie film. Um, it's so over the top when it needs to be. It's so rounded. Um, even like the even some of the smaller characters that in other films and with other hands would be nothing characters. They're kind of rounded and uh, made into into really good characters. Um, it's a great film. I absolutely love it. And it's been a part of my life for a, for a long time. My uh, brother 
has always been a huge actually both of them have always been a huge influence on my um taste in things in films in um sport in comedy um and one of my brothers is a huge huge simon Pegg fan just um i wouldn't say like a hero but someone he definitely identifies with as a uh nerd for want of a better word um and uh yeah loving star wars and various films and um comic books so he identifies with with simon Pegg quite a lot and he first introduced me to the tv show spaced uh which is uh which was on channel four two series very um you know it was a it was around at the same time as uh the office and i think possibly was maybe slightly overshadowed by that um but it was um i i i kind of arrived to it just after it had been on tv my my brother kind of gave me a a dvd of the first series and uh yeah no i just really enjoyed it as well and it probably com- combined with that time of that i was starting to get in for, into films and spaced reference references films um you know kind of left right and center when you get the special edition um dvd of spaced it it does have a um it does have an option where within the episodes it will generate what the different references are so references the the films music videos tv um that um that are within it and and they're just countless so um so space was directed by um edgar wright uh starred Simon Pegg um, and Nick Frost, and it was written by Simon Pegg and uh, Jessica Stevenson. So for anyone that hasn't seen Spaced, um, and especially loves the Cornetto films, and, and for anyone really who um, who enjoys comedy of any kind or this type of comedy, um, Spaced is very, very highly recommended. The special edition um, DVDs are I would I would recommend digging those out if you can. Um, there's just an abundance of um, extra bits, bloopers, deleted scenes. There's a really good documentary about it as well. Um, so yeah, it comes really highly recommended, and especially if you love these, uh, love Shaun of the Dead and and the Cornell trilogy in general. So the idea of um, Shaun of the Dead was actually spawned by an episode of of Spaced. So series one episode uh, art um, the entire opening to the episode is um simon Pegg's character tim uh in a speed induced hallucination um inspired by playing resident evil so basically in his front room he's fighting he's fighting zombies um with a with a shotgun and um it's just it's very uh very entertaining he comes up with some great great lines in it you want a piece of me come get some heads up and shoots the zombie through the head obviously um and uh yeah no it's it's really um it's really good and uh just throughout that episode um it's just because I, I watched a couple of clips of that of that episode um kind of in preparation for the for the podcast and i think as well as in the in the film just in that episode i'm just so reminded of just how i mean Simon Pegg is such a great actor, I think. Not just a comedy actor, but such a great actor. But everything he can do, um, just these little moments, one word, just the way he says it, the look on his face, um, he's it's just oh, he's he's incredible. And um throughout that episode, as I say, he's um 
he's uh, on speed. So he's just basically around the clock playing Resident Evil on the um, on his PlayStation. And a couple of times he does just pass out with the control in his hands. And someone will like close the door or there'll be a loud noise. And he'll just wake up going, hey, and he's back in kind of back in the room. Um, it's just very, very good. And uh, there's a, there's one pe- there's one part in it as well, um, which is a line that me and my brother, we both, both use every now and then. We used to anyway, um, where he's at, he's at a, a play, a, a kind of live production and he's um, but he's not paying any attention to it. He's thinking about, again, fighting zombies. And he comes out with a great line in his head, goes, um, hey, deadhead, take a bite of peach. Um, so, yeah, uh, again, just space highly recommended. Um, so, yeah, so that uh, that episode inspired um, kind of Simon Pegg and um, Edgar Wright to write a film. So write a, uh, a zombie film. Uh, they're both massive uh, zombie fans, ma- massive uh, George A. Romero fans. So a zombie film based in... London and just how that would play out in London as opposed to in in America or in a mall in America or um you know just kind of how the how that kind of um dichotomy would work and how British the actual um uh, zombie uh, um, infestation would be so um So the film was originally conceived in um, in I think it was nineteen ninety nine. Um, a lot of this, obviously, you know, I I don't know this for definite. This is just from a bit of research that that I've done. That's certainly when the um, the the first series of Space was was out. So they reckon the idea was around about nineteen ninety nine. It eventually came out uh, in the UK in April two thousand four, uh, September two thousand four in the US. So obviously it took a took a long while to get to the um, um, to get to the to the cinema screens. Now, um, so originally, again, just going by the research here, um, originally the the concept um, was presented to Film Four, who said that they would make uh, produce the film, um, and then eventually the the budget for the film was was cut, um, so they didn't have the budget needed to to make the film. Um, Edgar Wright was. And and Simon Pegg, uh, by all accounts, um, obviously extremely passionate, extremely dedicated to getting the project made, taking that step from from TV to film, doing it themselves. You know, doing a basing a film on their script, basing a film on their basing a film on their love for um, zombie films and and exactly what the, how they wanted to to make it. So um, so yeah, they they kept hold of it. Uh, apparently Edgar Wright turned down various uh, various jobs because he didn't want to um, push Shaun the Dead back any further. And eventually, um, working title uh, came in and said they would give them the money to to make the film. Um, and then on the on the DVD, and you can also find this on uh, on YouTube as well. You'll see that in September two thousand one, um, uh, Sam Pegg and Edgar Wright had a uh, had a had a flip chart. Basically, they had the concept for the film, uh, the whole film, uh, in preparation for for writing the script. Um, so again, that was September two thousand one. Uh, the film comes out in April two thousand four. So you know, it just kind of goes to show. I think, especially 
when you're looking to make your first film and you know these guys are obviously names they've they've made and produced their own tv show um even with that behind you um and and actually maybe it was even more difficult you know 20 years ago um to actually try and get a film made is just obviously just extremely extremely hard work to be able to get that done um but eventually obviously they they got the money in place uh the script was uh the script was completed um and obviously they managed to get this amazing cast pulled together for um for the film as well um now again i've i pulled out a couple of um quotes that i've i've kind of found um from Edgar Wright and, and Simon Pegg again you know when you're looking at this stuff on the internet it's you're never too sure if it's completely um genuine or not but um they, they seem to kind of make sense and and kind of strike a chord i think with just when you hear them and compare and you know alongside watching the film it, it definitely does seem to make sense so <clears throat> so um on uh writing the script uh i did see a quote from simon Pegg where um he found it very useful to be able to do it because obviously he was going to be from from the get-go simon was going to be simon Pegg was going to be the star of the film um, so obviously in writing it, he was able to write it in a way that would make him feel comfortable. You know, this is his um, kind of first, he 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 has obviously, he had obviously been in a couple of films, but this is his first kind of starring role. Um, so, you know, he wants to feel comfortable doing it. He wants to be able to, um, you know, take the responsibility of having that on his shoulders um, as well as he can. So, you know, he makes the he puts things in there that are going to um, showcase him well, that he's going to feel good about doing, which makes a lot of sense. And I, I think you can see that in in the film. Um, obviously, I'll go through the kind of the scenes and some of the quotes and everything. But as I mentioned earlier, he's just such a good, such a good actor, such an underrated actor, really. And he's one of these, um, he's one of these people because I think having everyone always has these things like, you know, the kind of, um, a great band, you know, when you get, when you, when you learn about them really early on, you get their first album, you become huge fans. And then, um, you know, as maybe they sell out or they get, and they get more popular and stuff. It's always that, oh, well, I knew them first. I knew them before they were famous and everything was better and stuff. Um, I'm not saying I'm like that with Simon Pegg at all. Um, but you know, he is someone that, and all these guys know Edgar Wright and Nick Frost as well. Um, someone that you know has been kind of on my radar and with the connection that my brother had with him and um in what he does and the influence of my brother on on kind of me and what I've watched as well it's just always like the people that I their careers I've, I've kind of always followed very closely and with Simon Pegg I just always thought you know he's just that it, and obviously don't get me wrong he's had an amazing amazing career you know he's been in Star Wars films and the Star Trek films and um, I'm pretty sure he wrote one of the Star Trek films and uh, obviously the Mission Impossible films and he's done a lot of kind of independent stuff as well alongside the Cornetto trilogy um, and I saw a, 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 an Instagram live with him the other day where he said you know I'm definitely going to work with Edgar Wright and Nick Frost again not on a Cornetto film but or a sequel to any of those films but some another project um which was amazing and, and obviously I look forward to kind of anything that he does, but <clears throat> I just always thought he, 
and he and I'm sure he still will. He he's he's got that he's got that one role in him that's going to springboard him from, um, you know, starring in. Uh, big action films, you know, maybe a like from a sidekick in those films to being a, a respected dramatic actor, which I think he he just is completely capable of. And um, one thing I. I knew about anyway and, and read about before was that apparently, again, you know, um, slight speculation, but um, Simon Pegg has discussed it briefly before himself, I think, that <clears throat> he was supposed to play the part of Lieutenant Archie Hickox in the uh, in Inglorious Bastards, um, the role that Michael Fassbender ended up playing. Um, and it sounds from, again, from what I've kind of read, there was a there was a thing where Tarantino wanted him for that part in that film, and but he also had uh, he was also up for the part of uh, one of the Thompson detective twins I think they are um, in Steven Spielberg's uh, Tintin films. So obviously you know that's a huge decision to make. You know, kind of can you be in a Tarantino film or a, or a Steven Spielberg film? And obviously, who knows what the choice was, or if it was down to him, or if he'd already said yes to Spielberg before the um, the Tarantino one came up. I, obviously, who who knows what the real what the real um, story is? But that part in *Inglorious Bastards*, it just I just think if he could have done that and showed how just another complete different side of himself, how intense, how um, just all in one small moment, how kind of funny he is, how intense he can be, how great an actor he can be, how potentially heroic he can be, threatening, all of that wrapped into one that Michael Fassbender does so well in that film. I just think it would have just taken him onto a completely different level where he would be in um, films that would kind of demonstrate that a little bit more of his side. Um, I just always think he's got he's got that, just that, absolute star you know a-list performance in him that's gonna just you know that can just throw him into all sorts of wider choices of films that he wants to do i'm sure he could care less about having a <laughs> maybe having a performance like that with how um how his career's gone and and how much you know he must the you know kind of the the teenage the child simon Pegg inside him must pinch himself every day as to what he's been able to do in his career and what he's going to go go do going forwards but I just always think he's got that just one special real acting performance within him that that could just um be incredible and you know I'm sure it will still happen one day uh for him so uh so yeah sorry just going back to the going back to the script um The script is unbelievable in that there are just so many little planted jokes, little seeds, little um, callbacks, recurring jokes, um, little lines. Just so much in that script that um, that yeah, it's just it's just so special, so thought out, so clever. Um, I think it's again, you know, the film is so tight, an hour and forty minutes that the script is is even more so. I think, and um, again, another thing I read that 
was that you know the script is is obviously has a such set structure to it um you know that there are lines and actions that are repeated so there wasn't a lot of um opportunity for improvisation on it apparently um apart from a couple of scenes one of which again if you'll have seen the the bloopers uh on the on the dvd and again these are available on youtube as well the scene where um nick frost is talking about one of the the patrons of the winchester um and uh the one that he describes as a um a cockle maniac within the film he describes her in such other detailed vulgar disgusting ways that are just absolutely cracking simon peg up and um you can see from the take that they use in the um in the film they've just they've just taken these bits from where simon peg is just absolutely pissing himself laughing um and inserted inserted it in there and um so that's always one of my favorite bits as well and also um the bit where simon peg is offering everybody a, a peanut um after they've um after they've got into the, to the winchester um uses a few different lines there as well but but yeah the the script is so kind of set so structured um that there's nothing really that you had to do because it's already so funny um all the callbacks are in there so it's it must have been just absolutely brilliant for, for all the actors to read and just be like right okay this is perfect I mentioned um, right at the start that Simon Pegg, Nick Frost and, and Edgar Wright with this film were able to make that big step from uh, TV stars, TV uh, directors, TV production to film so well and obviously springboarded all of their careers into, um, you know, becoming uh, Hollywood, Hollywood actors. Um that's often a real, you know, a real challenge for, for so many people. Um, you know, look at countless, uh, countless, you know, TV shows that have tried to be made into films. Um, I think Ant and Deck made a film once that they were trying to kind of get into acting. Um, Pressure Mrs. Brown boys did, Kate, Keith Lemon. Um, uh, obviously James Corden took him ages. You know, he was in a lot of films before he, um, got his, um, his chat show it's a real big step to to take you know to be successful at it and and these guys are these guys you know are just some examples of some of the best people that have been able to do that now i think that comes down to how intelligent they all are especially in in this specific type of film um you know Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg as I mentioned earlier, huge George A. Romero fans know the know the traits, know the nuances, know the um, uh, what needs to be in a a zombie film, what makes a good zombie film. But then what? So they have that kind of, you know, that they know about the American style of making them. They know what they look like. They know how kind of big they are. They've got that kind of American pizzazz to them. But they do this such clever thing where they just put it into, they set it in a humdrum London um, setting. Um, they, they're they very British in so many ways. You know, Simon Pegg 
Um, as I said before, you know, he's, you know, Rick Mail is one of his heroes. Um, they love the comics strip presents shows. Um, they perfectly merge that kind of British humour, the uh, kind of British humdrum, British comedy traits with the American style of uh, George A. Romero and, and zombie films to make this just standalone, brilliant, um, brilliant film that, 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 you know, translates over to, to America as well. Um, when, when I was at university, I was lucky enough to, to study abroad in America and any, um, dorm room or apartment that you go into, um, there was a poster of Sean the Dead Up. It was so popular in colleges and, um, uh, kind of like the, the, the teen, um, uh, the teen demographic in, in America, because it's just, you know, it's quite new, it's different, it's, it puts a different spin on things, um, you know, a lot of people would intrigued, uh, you know, in America, a lot of kind of younger people are intrigued by, by the UK, um, so, so yeah, it just kind of perfectly hit that, and, um, as I mentioned earlier, you know, the film, it was difficult for them to, you know, get the, get the budget together and, and, and get it made initially, um, so they had a, a budget of 6.1 million, uh, pounds and I think it made over 30 million uh, pounds back when it was in in cinemas so obviously it did very very well for itself and then you know if you look at how popular it then became and um, how many kind of DVDs it sold over the years and stuff you know that, that you know it's just made so much money for um, in the end it was such a success for them that um yeah they just I'm sure they can't just can't believe how well um the the film did and uh, and are so grateful for that as well. I want to take a minute to talk about Andy's Man Club. It's a fantastic charity that holds group meetings every Monday evening where men who are struggling with their mental health can come along in a safe and private space where they know that it's okay to talk. The group meetings are for men aged 18 and above, and they can speak freely about their mental health in a judgment-free, non-clinical environment. I've attended a couple of group meetings myself when I was struggling with my mental health, and I found them very valuable indeed. The venue for the Plymouth group meetings is City College on Kings Road, and further information about Andy's Man Club in Plymouth specifically can be found on Facebook, Andy's Man Club Plymouth. For further information about Andy's Man Club in general, nationwide, you can email info at andysmanclub.co.uk or also visit the website andysmanclub.co.uk. If you feel you need help with your mental health, find out that it's okay to talk by visiting Andy's Man Club. Thank you. So the opening scene uh, is brilliant. How does how does this British take on a zombie film start? In a pub, in a bog standard pub, fruit machine, hog lumps, pints. Um, perfect setting for this for this film to start in, and obviously that's that's where it ends as well. You got Simon Pegg staring blankly at the. Uh, in, at you what was he staring at he's staring at is he staring at the future is he staring into the abyss um, we know this is a zombie film 
uh, going into it. So, so yeah, what's he, um, what's he looking at? What's he thinking of? Is he kind of zombified already? What's the, um, what's the significance of it? And then Liz and Sean start talking and just already from the kickoff, it's just, it's just brilliant writing. The, that opening scene is about, it's two, 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 three minutes long, but it just packs so much into it. You understand the characters, their relationships. Um, it's funny. Um, just the introductions to, to the characters are brilliant. Um, so, um, just from the, the, the way they've started talking and, and what they're doing, you're kind of, you, you know, it makes you think to yourself, Sean and Liz, how are they, how are they together? There seems to be so much, the gaps between them seem to be so big in every single way, um, exacerbate. <laughs> um, Liz seems to be more intelligent than, than Sean. She understands, you know, she knows what the word exacerbate means. Sean doesn't. Um, you know, she's more ambitious, you know, she wants to, she wants to do other things. She wants to, to experience new things. She wants, um, Sean to do that as well. Her friends are more, more successful, ambitious. They, you know, they, um, they're dressed quite a lot smarter than, than Ed. Um, they maybe seem to be a bit more, you know, a bit more successful. Um, you know, she, uh, um, Diane is a is maybe an actress or loves 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 the loves the theatre. Um, David, you know, maybe comes across like he's quite intelligent. takes takes her to openings of buildings, things like that. Um, and so yeah, you kind of just see there's this there are these gaps everywhere between between Sean and Liz, and then and Sean, you know, he's. He's drinking a pint, he's smoking, he's eating bar snacks, he looks scruffy, Liz looks immaculate, looks beautiful. Um and then you have <laughs> you have Nick Frost in the opening of this thing. I mean, what an introduction to a character. Um Liz turns to him and say and says, um, Ed, it's not like I don't like you. Cuts to Ed, no, it's just didn't really say anything. And then you cut to a a shot of you can see Sean and Liz talking to each other. Ed in the background, and his first, and his first, um, the three words that he says: bollocks, fudge, cock. Those are the first three words that that he comes out with. What what's his next line? Can I buy any UC words a drink? He comes back. Makes a joke about Sean's mum, shouts Shawnee, chucks um, hog lumps in his face. Um, you kind of know what you need to know about this this guy already. He doesn't take a lot of things seriously. Um, he's quite brash. He's quite different from um, Liz and her friends. And um, Sean says, you know, he doesn't have many friends. You kind of understand why. Um, and you understand that he's, you know, he's looking out for him. He wants, you know, he wants to, he wants to take care of him and he wants to, he wants to look out for him. Um, it's just a great opening scene. And then, um, and then Sean, you know, at the end of the scene, he, another callback, he says he, you know, for, for later in the, later in the film, he says, uh, to, to Liz that things will change. He says he promises 
And then again, he starts looking straight ahead. But he looks scared. So he's he's looking to the... Is he looking to the future again? Is he looking into the abyss? Whatever he can see beyond right now, he's scared of it. He's told Liz that, you know, he's wants to... He wants to change. He's told Liz that he wants to, you know, get out of this rut that he's in. Um... But he's scared of doing that. He's scared of how how is he going to do that. He's scared of what it's going to be like when he does do that. Um, so yeah, so it's it's just very very clever the way they the way they do that. And um, and yeah, I think it's just a brilliant opening to the to the film. We're then into the opening title sequence of the film, um, which is again it's just very very clever. Um, it's the choreography is great, just of the the checkout. Um, uh, the people working at the checkout in the supermarket, the people waiting for the bus at the bus stop, the the clubbers coming home after a night out. Um, you know, it just tells you everything you need to know. Again, if these if some of these people aren't zombies already, they could be easily mistaken for people um, who are the uh, the undead. Um, they all kind of you know look zombified, look blank, got that similar kind of look on their face that that Sean had when the film opened. Um, so yeah, just, just very, very, um, very, very clever. And then we cut to, um, Sean and Ed's house. Great, you know, just a great start to the, to the film. Um, you know, we talked, I mentioned earlier about how, you know, it's very, the, the film is very British in a lot of ways. Um, you know, it's one of the big selling points to it, I think. And, uh, the, um, <laughs> sounding much like a business person one of the usps for it um it's a you know it's a zombie film in a in a very different different setting um in a very british setting and just that i just one thing i found was just so kind of clever was you know edgar wright is a very um you know he's a very dynamic uh director you know his camera work uh what he does with the you know, on screen, what you can make happen. Um, anyone that's seen kind of, you know, Scott Pilgrim and Baby Driver, and, and I'm sure it's going to be like it in Last Night in Soho as well. I uh, can't wait to see that film. Um, you know, there's his style, his whips of, of the camera. You know, they, they it draws you in, it keeps your attention. It, it kind of, you know, makes, um, keeps a pace to his films. But what does he, what does he do it for in this, um, in, in kind of these first opening scenes? He does it to, um, he does it to Sean going to the toilet, brushing his teeth, uh, getting ready for work, uh, getting his toast ready, putting milk in the fridge, mundane, everyday, normal routine stuff. But he's making it look, trying to make it look exciting. That kind of, um, that kind of dichotomy between the two, I think it's just, it's just very good. Um, very clever. Um, then it's our first introduction to to Pete Peter Serafinowicz, um, Serafinowicz, Serafinowicz, um, and straight away, you know, just from his opening lines, the, you know, you do know the front door was open last night. We're not students anymore. Um, you know, he looks a lot. You know, he's dressed kind of slightly smarter than than Sean. You know, he's got a shirt and tie on, but he just looks a bit smarter. This is someone who's. Um, you know, who's embraced adulthood, you know, he's saying he doesn't want to be a student anymore. Um, you know, he doesn't like Ed. Um, he's, you know, he's a fully, 
you know he's a grown-up he's an adult um he's he wants that responsibility he wants to keep his house tidy he wants um he doesn't want ed to be there he, he feels he's kind of you know holding sean back he, he's making the house making the house untidy sean is still clinging on to his youth you know he's known ed he says he's known ed since primary school he's a laugh he likes having him around there's um there's posters of bands and gigs um on the walls um there's in the later scenes with the, with the records that they play um the electro that they're playing on the decks you know they've both of them you know they try they're not okay yeah they are childish in some ways but they both try to you know just cling on to that to the to the youth that, that they you know have is they're getting further away from um the 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 demonstration of um Sean and Ned's friendship coming out even more um you know the fart joke the sign that's on on Pete's back you know it's just it's all very it's all very childish but it just shows that connection between the two of them the 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 relationship that they have um and again you got some more callbacks for for later in the film so just the the groundwork being laid at the start of film you know it's it must be so tricky to do because obviously you're trying to because you know this the film's very plot driven you know it's it's got a as we mentioned before the script is is so kind of structured there's so many things that are planted that you remember that are again used later in the film sometimes you don't some of them you don't pick up again until you've seen it two or three times um but so yeah, you're trying to tell some story. You're trying to you're trying to do that. You're trying to be funny. You're trying to establish relationships. You're trying to put plot points in there. Um, it's it just must be so difficult to do. So again, that's why I just say these guys are just so so intelligent and just it's, it's just amazing that they were um, they were able to do that. Um, it's got a reference to to spaced in this bit as well. As Pete walks out the door, he gets a phone call. He answers it. He says, "Dom, hi." Um, Peter Serafinowicz was was a recurring character in in Spaced, um, and uh, his introduction in in the episode is he's got this great voice. Uh, he gets a phone call, and he says, uh, "Dom, hi, yeah, this is Dwayne Benzie." Um, so yeah, just a little kind of um, callback reference there to uh, to Spaced. I think Sean then takes his walk. Uh, to the shop, uh, goes into the goes into the shop. A whole sequence that's um, copied twenty four hours later in the at the very beginning of uh, of Z Day when pretty much um, anyone who's left in London is uh, is is a zombie. Um, so obviously, yeah, just just great little sequences again, just brilliant, just subtle things by Simon Pegg. His little you know his little trip up the curb, um, his little just you know kind of awkward bits um it just you know just again just very very subtle little laughs that that are put in there um in this sequence that seems like a nothing sequence obviously the first time you see it and then when it's repeated the next day you you understand why because it just has all those all those callbacks to to that scene and and how things have have changed but you know this guy is so <laughs> hung over at that time preoccupied um you know, not really aware of, of, of his surroundings and what's going on. Um, you know, just literally doesn't notice that um, half the people, well, most of the people that he's just walked past are either dead or, or have turned into zombies. So, um, 
so yeah, great little great little sequence there. Um, and then again, we're back to the you know the mundane side of things. We're on. Uh, we're on the bus. Uh, the commute to work. Um, zombie nation playing in the background, and the look on Simon Pegg's face again. It's that kind of you know. Blank kind of slightly Jack Nicholson in The Shining esque uh, look on his face. Um, it just you know, I, again you you know, you may that you might think there's already something something wrong with the, some of these people that are here, or even Simon Pegg himself are, are zombies already. Um, when I was when we were watching it the other night, I was I was watching it with my wife, and she mentioned, she said. Um, she said that that scene is very much, you know, like now, but instead of uh, maybe people just just with their headphones on or um, looking like zombies that way, uh, a lot of people are just, you know, heads buried in their phones, not looking up, um, looking like zombies in a in a different way, um, which obviously is um, is very true as well. So now it's um, Sean's work. Um, just some great stuff here. Uh, the one of the the through line quotes in the film you've got red on you first in this uh in this scene um a couple of great bits by simon Pegg again again just you know some of them some of the very subtle the whole um there is no eye in team but there is an eye in pie meat pie meat is an algorithm team i don't know what he's talking about um great stuff when they show in the the couple the different um tv channels they can get on the film <laughs> on the tv <laughs> A uh, bit of Trisha, uh, then you've got your entertainment, I don't know what that is, um, skipping through the, the news, but kind of slightly seeing what's what's going on, it's just, again, just, I love Simon Peck, just, just very, very subtle, good stuff. Um, and uh, Noel, uh, Rafe Spall, his first first appearance in the um, Cornetto trilogies, uh, he's in all three. Um, one of the one of the things he comes out with is one of the... Um, one of the lines and things that kind of me and my wife use in, uh, you know, every now and then. LMA! Um, it's all good stuff. And obviously the first introduction of the great Bill Nye in the film as well. Um, you know, he's not my dad. He's my stepdad. The interaction between the two. Um, they can't barely look at each other. Again, you know, you don't... They, Simon Pegg and Niagara Wright don't need much to be said um, to to tell you what kind of relationship these two guys have. And um, yeah, no, it's just it's just really good stuff. Uh, so, yeah, so that's that scene. Then going into um, Sean buying some flowers for his mum. Obviously forgetting, not really listening to to Liz, not, um, you know, saying that he sorted out the, the meal, but he hasn't. Um, Bumping into Jessica Stevenson in the road, the the car crash, more kind of signs of of what's happening with the everyone being zombified and 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 the uh, the infection that's going around. Um, so yeah, just all very all very fast paced, a lot of information coming to you, but you know it's all easily easily understood. And then he's back back at home. <laughs> Nick Nick Frost's um, great line giving the messages. Um, Obviously, really good stuff as well, and then um, and then yeah, Simon Pei goes off to uh, Liz's flat to try and um, to try and make up with her. So if you watch the um, the clip of uh, Simon Pei and Egg Wright going through the the flip chart, 
uh, in September 2001 before they've before they've written the script. They've got the whole idea of the film down. Um, I'm pretty sure it is this bit that they call the the Richard Curtis moment in the film, where um, uh, Sean jumps into a taxi, rushes to Liz's flat with some flowers, trying to trying to win her back. But it's all completely subverted and 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 flipped on its head, you know. In a in a Richard Curtis film in a rom com, you know he would get there, they wouldn't want to let him in. He does a big romantic gesture in climbing up the the wall to get into the flat with flowers for his for his girlfriend. But in this one, he's got he has got flowers, but they're actually meant for his mum. He tries climbing up the wall, but he fails, and um, he has to just tail between his legs, come, you know, ring on the doorbell again and, and get let in. It's just, you know, slightly taking the piss out of those, um, you know, kind of British rom-com tropes, uh, those kind of grand gestures that are in those films. Um, but also just, you know, uh, again, just another kind of um, funny scene in there. Um, obviously, Liz and uh, Sean have, a, have another argument. She storms off into her room. And then Dylan Moran as David, just in this this little moment, just the gleeful, smug prickishness that he plays it with. Um, just kind of slowly walking up behind Sean, taking his glasses off. Um, some little quip to him. Um, I'd say your nine lives are up. And he's taking his, and again, he's taking his glasses off. And so, and um, Sean, you know, again, slightly childish. What does he turn around and say to him? Get fudged, four eyes. But again, he even gets that wrong because David isn't wearing his glasses. He's taking them off. So, um, so yeah, he just, you know, he gets it wrong. He fails at something. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of childish, but, um, but yeah, no, it's, um, it's, it's really good. But just the, the way, um, Dylan Moran plays that bit, I just, I think is, um, I think is brilliant. And, um, and then, yeah, Sean's at his, um, at one of his lowest ebbs. Liz has dumped him and he's off to um he's off to the Winchester to meet um to meet Ed. So now we're back in the pub again. Um and Ed is trying to cheer up Sean uh, after his breakup with Liz. And uh again, just some some great stuff in, in this scene. Um another one of the another one of the quotes from the film that um yeah, me and a couple of friends have kind of said said before in in pubs when certain uh, certain songs have come on and uh i just i always laugh at this when it's kind of used on um when it's used on kind of gifts and stuff on on social media um after england lost to italy in the in the uh, euro final this year um someone put it on quite soon afterwards just like i think three images from this scene where the jukebox is playing um uh, it, it, it shot the jukebox. It's playing. It's coming home. Ed turns to it. Who the hell put this on? Simon Pegg. So random. Just um, yeah, just another great, great bit from the film again. Um. Yeah, this scene I think is is brilliant. The 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 bloopers that I mentioned before, um, where yeah, Nick Frost shows his absolutely disgusting sense of humor um talking about uh the cockocidal maniac in the um in the pub uh, uses um yeah a lot of other phrases to to describe her to try and crack up Simon Pegg 
Um, yeah, absolutely hilarious. And um, and another one as well that he uses that is so I I completely forgot about until I watched um, until I watched it again. And again, it's it's hilarious, but it's also very um, very British as well. He uses some very British phrases when he describes the guy with the um, with the grey hair, the tash, the boots, standing at the bar, refers to him as snake hips, um, killed his first wife with a draft excluder and then invented the mobile disco. Um, absolutely brilliant way to describe someone. And also, yeah, just like I say, very British. Do they have just they have draft excluders and mobile discos in a, in America? I'm not sure. Seems seems a very British thing. So, uh, yeah, really enjoy uh, really enjoy that bit as well. And then yeah, some great drunk acting I think from from Simon Pegg in the pub. I know obviously they they both act pretty well drunk when they come out and they're singing White Lies, but just um, yeah, just in the pub there. I think Simon Pegg just the way he's again it's just very subtle slightly slurring he's emotional um you know really laughing the, just the way he he reacts to some of the things that ed says um yeah just some really good uh really good drunk acting which is i think it can be a bit hard to do as well so then we cut over to um sean and ed's place and pete comes down <laughs> Pete comes downstairs and throws the the record out the window just i love a i love a swearing monologue in a film you know just i think it's it's always good stuff this one um i always wondered if it was a bit of a reference to planes trains and automobiles there's a scene in that where steve martin uses um uh uses the f word a lot um when he's talking to someone at, a, at an airport and um yeah just pizza using you know just constant use of it here especially the first line it's four in the fucking morning um yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's a really good scene, and um, and then yeah, we're we're kind of laying more more groundwork for for Pete to become a a zombie, and again another another very British thing that comes out here um, when uh, Sean plays the the messages, and you hear his his mum for the first time, um, saying um, hope you be bringing Liz this time. Does she uh, eat anything in particular? Because these days some people don't eat meat. Just the way she delivers that, I think it's just very, you know, who's uh, who's grand, who's kind of, you know, um, whose mum hasn't, you haven't heard kind of say something like that before. It's, um, yeah, it's just very kind of, I, I just took it as a very kind of British, British line again. And again, it's very, very funny too. Sean wakes up to look at the uh, to-do list that he set for himself, which... Um, I think he has every intention of doing, you know, going around mums, getting Liz back, sorting life out, or as Pete said to him, sort your fudging life out, mate. Um, but little does he know that he definitely will be doing that, all three of those things in this one day, um, with with what's going to happen uh, afterwards. Um, <clears throat> so we have the scene. Um, the, the sequence where he's walking to the to the shop and back, um, uh, you know, on Z Day, showing those those little sequences, those little things that happened in the first one, but now most of those people are zombies or dead, um, and again he doesn't notice it. Again, just some brilliant, you know, the slip in the um in the shop, the the way he reacts to the to the homeless guy that he thinks is is asking for for change again, um, but really he's a zombie. I didn't even have enough of a fudging shop. Um, 
just again just just so good um the tv flip through always you know i'm a simple person you know i enjoy simple things obviously this is it's very clever though you know he's flipping through all the channels the the sentences the sentence is being made up between the different channels that he's going through um you know people are dead um panic on the streets of london it's um and yeah you're getting he he's now finally starting to realize that something is going on and um there's a girl in the garden uh they have their they have their bloody mary in the in the morning like they um like i'd said that they should the shot through mary's stomach after she's fallen onto the um uh the, the pole of the washing line as you may is is that the first time that shot's ever been used um i i don't know but it's a it's a brilliant shot um, through uh, through the stomach there. Again, just some great uh, great work by by Edgar Wright, and they go into the house. And what's what should they do? How should they um, react to this situation? Have a sit down. Um, again, just another bit that always always cracks me up. Um, Sean and Ed's reaction when the um the groom walks in, the way they jump off of the um off the sofa, their fingers go and their their arms go. Um, again, it's just it's just brilliant. Um, oh for God's sake, he's got an arm off. Um, and then, boom, the ashtray goes on the head. And it's just it, the the film just really it just it's a. It's a stop. It's a car crash for like 10, 10 seconds. The film just completely stops. Simon Pegg's in the background. He gets hands on his mouth. I'm going to close the front door. You're just on Ed's face. That slow, dawning realisation of what's happening. They've just encountered Mary. They've just encountered this guy. They've been watching the news. It's... They're starting to realise it's... You know, it is the end of the world, like Ed said it was not at the, at the pub the night before. And then he says, um, did you see his head go? Which again, I thought was another reference. I thought that was a reference to um, to Platoon, possibly. And, and then we're going into um, to one of the classic uh, classic scenes from, from the film. But just before that, I did notice that when they're deciding to go outside and, and attack the two zombies that are, they're in their garden, um, Simon Pegg says, no, the man said to stay inside. And Ed says, fudge the man. Um, which is, you know, that's, you know, the man. It's a, it's a rebellion thing. You know, it's, he's, again, there's, they're still clinging on to their, to youth. They're trying to be rebellious, but because they're not F-ups, Maybe yeah, it is one, but they're um they're getting it wrong again. They're doing it the wrong way. This this isn't really something they should do. But again, they're saying that they're they're rebelling against what they're being told to do. Um, and then we go into the garden. Obviously, they try all the useless utensils, the 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 washing basket, and then uh, and then we've got the record selection. Um, the back and forth. I mean, it's just. Brilliant, the picking of the specific records to throw. Um, 
you know it's it's again it's it's completely useless but it's it's just hilarious and i think i read that um or i heard that uh Sade and um the order were the only only bands that um that allowed them to use the the cover of the records in in that scene and um i'm pretty sure i i read an interview once with simon Pegg where he was he met Sade randomly just like in a in a lift somewhere or 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 at a random event and he said thank you for letting me throw your record at a zombie um and i think he said like Sade was just very polite but looked a bit confused didn't really know what he was talking about um but uh but yeah just a an absolutely classic scene um i am the resurrection i like it it's just just great back and forth again um, just, just, just brilliant stuff. In zombie films, in American zombie films, you know, they often use a, uh, they often use guns, shotguns to, to kill the zombies. But again, this is set in London. It's, it's British. What do they use? They use, uh, a cricket bat and a spade, um, to, to kill these two zombies. And then just that cut of when they just, they're just maniacally smashing the heads in of these two zombies and then it cuts the <laughs> and Simon Pegg Simon Pegg's just holding that cup of tea and the look on his face and Nick Frost just doesn't care and he's just licking the, the top of his um of his cornetto. Um oh god it's just it always makes me always makes me laugh and um and again I forgot the the reference the, the cornetto makes its first appearance um and reference slightly earlier in that scene. Um, and again, that's used throughout the throughout the Cornetto trilogy. Um, so uh, so yeah, just that that bit again, just the the dichotomy between you know um, Ed and Sean, you know Ed, you know having having killed two or three zombies isn't enough for him to cure his hangover. He still needs his his usual hangover cure of a Cornetto. But so but uh, Sean is um, you know. He's right as rain now. He's completely um, got rid of his hangover because he's just um, killed a, a zombie woman with a cricket bat. Um, it's just just really great stuff. Um, another thing I found in, in my research, apparently the, re the reason for the use of Cornetto was that was um, Edgar Wright's uh, hangover cure. So that's, that's what kind of uh, spawned that to be used in the film as well. Sean's now running through the plan of attack with, with Ed. Um, again, Edgar Wright showing off his, his brilliant, um, direction skills, his whip, his pans to, you know, ending in a close up with, um, uh, Sean confidently drinking a cup of tea, wait for all this to blow over or drinking a pint in, in the Winchester. Um, and then, yeah, he goes upstairs and finds that Pete is now a, um, is now a zombie couple of bits in this one the bit where he takes off his name badge and throws it onto the sink and you see it i'm sure i saw somewhere before that, that was a reference to something i can't but i can't remember what but it, it feels like it might be and then um again they use a a, a reference that they also used in um in spaced when um he's backing out of the door and he says that they're going to go to the pub so you you know feel free to join us um, I'm pretty sure it's from, um, it's from the Evil Dead, um, a film I haven't seen, hopefully we'll, we'll see one day, but, um, 
but yeah, I'm pretty sure that's from that's from that. Again, you know, they love so many subtle references in in space. That when they get finally get into the car, um, uh, Sean looks through the window, sees Pete coming out the front door, and just says, "Drive." I always feel that's from something as well. Um, yeah, it's probably just this. You know, I've watched this film quite a long time, but um, maybe I'm just trying to pick out references that actually aren't. Um, but but that was one I I thought might be. Um, so he gets to his, um, obviously his mum and dad's house and it's just the, you know, he's walking in like he's just about to, to kill his stepdad. And again, it's the, you know, it's the repressed stuff. It's the, you go back to your, you go back to your mum and dad's and oftentimes you just revert back to being a, being a child again when, um, when Philip says that he's taken a load of Sean's old toys to the tip. Oh, what? You know, that kind of petulant uh, teenage reaction to, to something like that. Um, the back and forth between um, Sean and his mum. Again, it's just the, the way he can deliver a line. The When he says, um, Mum, you chased me around the garden with a piece of wood. His mum says, well, you did call him a you-know-what. Oh, what did he tell you that, did he? Yes, Melon Farmer. Um, just so good. Just such such a always gets me that that line as well. And again, just the way you know, just the way he says it, it's just very you know, delivered such a such a good way and 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 just a very British way of saying um, that that's where word as well. Um, again, you know, just kind of through it, you know, there's a lot of as with the earlier scene when when Sean's talking to Philip. There's just these you know. There's these repressed things, um, the way that um, Sean's mum and Philip interact, Bill Nye comes up with the great line, it's fine Barbara, I ran it under a cold tap, um, you know, just that way that, you know, that old, the, the older generation would um, kind of react to something like that, you know, it's all overblown nonsense, you know, there's not really zombies walking around in London, loads of crackheads, you know, it's just that... Um, they just kind of capture that kind of generational thing so well. Um, and once again, you know, sorry to harp on about it, but just the the way British people would, re- some British people would react to it as well, uh, especially of a certain generation is just, um, it's just such a good, uh, good observation and, and, and the way that, yeah, you think that people would do it as well. So they get into um, Philip's car. He's, he's obviously been bitten again. Um, they go to, to Liz's place and now you can see, you know, Sean's got his, got his jacket off. He's, you know, he's running to the, to Liz's flat. He's, you know, he's twirling the cricket, the cricket back, smacking them in the head. He's getting, you know, he's getting this confidence. He's getting this, um, you know, certainty about himself. You know, he's, he's got a plan. He knows where he wants to go. He knows what he wants to do. He wants to get his, get his girlfriend back. He wants to save his mum. Um, and, you know, and you can just feel it come out with him, coming out of him, and he climbs up the wall. He gets into the um, he gets into the flat. He he makes that big grand gesture. Um. So yeah, that's that that's really good stuff as well. Um. So you have that little moment in the car when um when everybody's everybody's in there, and again you just see this this moment where you know. 
Sean's in charge. Sean's in control. You know, he's introducing everybody to everyone, so that, uh, to everyone else, telling them where to sit, um, telling them where to go, what they're doing. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just really good stuff. And then you know, it's a chaotic few seconds. The speeding through London and knocking over people, and then you have this. Then you just have this quick moment. Bill Nye's just amazing in his death scene. Um, yeah, just so so good. Simon Pegg's reaction to it is is amazing as well. Um, so yeah, just a just remind you how how good an actor um, Bill Nye really is. And then um, and then they stop and Ed, as a character, just has one of those most annoying moments within the within the film where, you know. He just what well, he he just stands there. The the other guys can't get out. They've got a zombie in the car, right next. They're right next to a zombie. He doesn't open the door. Liz comes around and opens it for him. And and yeah, it's just that annoying moment for the um. For the, for that character of Ed, but, and he has quite a lot of them in the film. But Nick Frost just brings this. So one thing I think it is 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 again it's the writing because you haven't just got. Ed is this one-dimensional, annoying, slacker character. You know, he is he is a bit three-dimensional. He shows the size to himself. He grows within the film. Um, and then, um, and, and but also uh, another thing, Nick Frost just brings the, again, Nick, I've, I've talked about how good an actor um, Simon Pegg is, but Nick Frost just brings this likeable, boyish, cheeky, chappy charm to the character that makes him likeable as well. You know, he's, one, he's hilarious. Two, he, yeah, he's a bit of an idiot, and yeah, he's annoying. But you know, he's got um, Sean's back. You know, he he loves Sean, even though he doesn't he doesn't really show it, but you know that he does. Um, so I just think that as a character, he's like that. But I think when you watch the film, I think it's very difficult to find him unlikable because he just he's so funny and charming and there's so much to him at the same time so i think it's just it's just great great writing for it and and a great performance as well um kind of talking about that actually just wanted to say something about the other kind of supporting characters in the film as well so um obviously i mentioned bill nye was was brilliant in his his parts that he had um, Rafe Spall, just in his little moments, I think, was was great. LMA seventy. Um, yeah, no, he's he's brilliant in it too. Um, and they all and they all do get their their moments in it, you know. Um, Philip has it, it all all the scenes with Philip, but he has his his death scene in which he's amazing. Um, <laughs> uh, Sean's mum, I think it's Pen- Penelope Wilton. I think the the actress's name is. Again, just another underrated um, bit from it when she's doing when they're all pretending to be um, they're all pretending to be zombies and it cuts to her and she's just going ooh, just no idea what she's doing. Just the the way she delivers that is is really funny. Obviously, her death scene is great as well. It's really well acted. The, the little bits just where um, someone will talk to her and say and she'll just go hello, oh that would be lovely. Um, you know, she just plays that that character so so well gets it gets it down so brilliantly um diane such a nice 
character, such a likable character. The way Lucy Davis delivers certain lines is um is really funny, you know, dragging him to the theater. Um and she has her she has her moment in it as well. She has her moment where she's doing the, the zombie acting training to the to the rest of the guys and she plays on those um those tropes or those kind of characteristics that people would associate with a with a drama teacher or a or a um um uh, you know a wannabe actress. Um so she has that moment to to really shine as well. Um again, Dylan Moran just plays that smarmy, punchable character so well. He has his has his moments like his um the standoff in the pub, the um uh, the bit where he has his massive monologue at the start where he's really frustrated and he's throwing the bar snacks at everybody. It, his little bit that I mentioned earlier in the um in the flat. So yeah, just all these it's all just a, a again, just another reflection on how good the writing is and, and how good the performances are that these supporting characters in the film have their have their special moments they to shine. Um are really rounded, you know quite a lot about them. I think the only character that doesn't really have a a great moment but it's still really important in the film and it's still really good in the film as well is is Kate Ashfield as Liz. You know, she's a she's a character that you know, she has she has obviously the um her big moments in that, you know, at the very start of the film, um when they break up, at the very end of the film in, in the cellar when she's talking to Sean about um, needing to um, to kill his mum towards the end, you know, she has these moments where she's really good, but she has no kind of like standout, hilarious lines or, or um, you know, she's a quieter character than than a lot of the rest in, in the film. Um, which is often, you know, a bit of a, it always comes across like sometimes a bit of a, a thankless task, maybe for an actress or, or a, for a character that they have to play or, or an actor in which, you know, they're the, the kind of the quiet ones, which other characters play off and, and, and can be really loud and um and can really stand out. But, you know, often those are the, you know, they, this is me talking like I'm an actual actor. I remember Christian Bale, uh, I think when he won one of his awards for, for The Fighter, he really, um he was very complimentary about Mark Wahlberg because Mark Wahlberg was very steady in the film and, Christian Bale's performance is the more standout one and the more kind of like um one that's gonna get awards attention and um awards attention. And he says those kind of quiet characters and those the, the quiet bits of, of acting are so so important because they you know they ground the film. Even a film like this, which is a which is a zombie film, which is a you know a, you know, a ridiculous plot that, that would never happen. Um it still kind of grounds it. So she's a real person. She's a real character. And the other characters that are big and loud will play off her. Um, so yeah, I think, I think Ashford is, is, is really good in the, in the film. It's such a shame that she hasn't, um, you know, kind of gone on to, you know, to be in more films and, and I've seen her in you know, a few things. She was in the, the first series of Line of Duty and I've, I've seen her in a few things on TV, but you know, it would have obviously been great if she could have, um, use this as a as a bounce on to, to other things as well but but yeah I think um I think there isn't a kind of a, a misstep in the casting in this film or the performances in the film at all. 
So now they're out of the car. They're walking to the to the Winchester, and what happens? Well, they bump into um, Yvonne and her group of uh, her group of family and friends that are that are trying to escape um, London as well. And yeah, again, you just have another one of the great moments from this film. You have the moment in the film where there's an alternative group having an alternative story. Yeah, again, I read something that um there was talk about having an Yvonne spin-off film, what her you know, Yvonne of the Dead, um, what happened um during uh during her day. Um but yeah, so who have you got on one side? You've got Simon Pegg from Spaced. You've got uh Dylan Moran from Black Books, you've got Lucy Davis from The Office, and you've got Nick Frost from from Spaced. On the other side, you got Jessica Stevenson from Spaced. You got Martin Freeman from The Office. You got Reese Shearsmith from um, The League of Gentlemen. You got Tamsin Gregg from from Black Books and Green Wing. Um, you've got Marsha from Spaced. Sorry, the <laughs> the actress's name escapes me. Sorry, uh, Marsha from Spaced. And you've got Matt Lucas from Shooting Stars, Little Britain. I mean, you've got the some of the cream of the late nineties, early two thousands British sitcom um era just right there in in one scene and it's it's just you know absolutely fantastic just such a i remember when i watched the film for the first time in the cinema and i was i just remember my mouth being wide open just like oh it's Martin Freeman oh, that's so clever um so yeah just such a such a great moment in the in the film um so they're getting closer to uh to the winchester and So they're getting closer to the Winchester, and um, there's there's the great joke that's again repeated in in the other Cornetto trilogy films. Um, what's the matter, David? Never taken a shortcut before. Uh, tries to jump over the over the garden fence, um, and then obviously had the moment with the with the zombie attacking um, uh, Sean's mum. And then yeah, Diane has her has her moment, the, the zombie training. I'm so slow at picking up stuff sometimes. I only picked it up in this this time watching the film. Again, seeing the film multiple times. This time around, um Dylan Moran saying moaning about something. Um, you know, it's a waste of time. Why are we going to the to the Winchester? Diane turns around to him and says, Um, you're not gonna get anywhere by moaning. Her and Sean have a look, and then she's doing the the zombie training with them. You're not going to get anywhere by moaning, moaning like a zombie. I'm a particular kind of idiot that kind of doesn't pick up things like that for for multiple times. Um, I used I I used to st- still am on the quiet, but I used to be a massive uh, wrestling fan. Anyone who watch watches wrestling or watch wrestling, The Undertaker. What was his manager called? Paul Bearer. I think maybe two years ago, I was like, oh, Paul Bearer, that's uh, absolutely idiot. Anyway, uh, so they they get to the Winchester. Um, Sean does his Pied Piper uh, routine with the with the zombies. Um, obviously, you've got all these uh, extras playing playing zombies. A um, couple of people that you notice there, you've got... Um, uh, Michael Smiley, who played Tyres in 
spaced in his tires uh, get up um, in that in that moment there in this moment and later on in the film um, when the when the army turn up you've got Joe Cornish is in it um, I spotted him there's a guy who was in uh, who was in kind of space and little Britain uh, an actor who's who's in there as well when I was looking at the research apparently Rob Brydon played a um, played a zombie um, there's a bit on the DVD extras where Lauren Laverne is being um, is in the makeup as a zombie she's in there somewhere as well so yeah lots of um, lots of little kind of you know um, little bits here and there of some of the some famous people who played the played zombies in this film and then when um, George A. Romero saw this film he asked Simon Pegg and um, Edgar Wright if they wanted to be in Land of the Dead within which they played the cameoed as, as zombies as well so lots of kind of uh circularity going on going on there the film goes into its final act um they're in the winchester and uh and there's another callback to to spaced um uh david says to uh sean that he was having an argument with his with his boyfriend outside he's not my boyfriend ed turns around has poured him a pint might be a bit warm the cooler's off um Sean, thanks, babe. Uh, it's t- taken directly from from space that that line, um, and then uh, yeah, again, just some. It it's quite an extended, uh, last, obviously last that uh, last act in in the film. I think it builds really well to the, you know, the gory kind of bloodbath at the end, um, but just some really great you know, great iconic moments in there, but also some some subtle and small ones um, uh, as well. The whole, you know, God, you know, beating a, trying to beat an, an OAP zombie to death with, with pull cues to, to the beat of Don't Stop Me Now by Queen. Just some of the lines. Uh, again, Sean's still trying to be in control, telling everybody what to do. Diane, look after my mum. Um, uh <laughs> David kill the queen. What the the jukebox, um, and uh, guys get something weapony, get something weapony. I only just picked that one up. And it's such a great line. Um, so yeah, it's just you know Sean's still trying to take control, but he's still unprepared. He's still not um, he's still not perfect at this, and um, and then yeah, obviously just a just a great moment with um, with don't stop me now on in it, and then we go to. Yeah, them trying to uh, trying to shoot the shoot the zombies using the Winchester Winchester rifle. Very emotional um, death scene of uh, Sean's mum. Uh, again, some some great acting there by Penelope Wilton, um, and just you know one thing I picked up on was I mean this whole last act must have been so difficult for. And so exhausting for Simon Pegg to do. You know, he's going through it. He has to be in tears most of the way through it. He's, you know, trying to do some action scenes. He's he's trying to be funny. It's just, yeah, God, he must have been exhausted doing this last bit. Again, just shows you the range of um, of him as an actor. Um, there's a great, I don't know if it was done intentionally like this, but there's a great kind of Reservoir Dogs uh, moment, the, uh, the standoff where... Um, uh, David's pointing the gun at 
Sean's mum. Sean's got the, the bottle to his neck. Um, Ed's got the bottle to his neck through a standoff. Stop pointing that gun at my mum! Um, yeah, just very kind of Reservoir Dogsy, but just brilliant again in its own way. The, um, <laughs> when uh, uh, Liz says, don't exacerbate things. What does that mean? Um, just a great delivery of that line as well. And again, just so British as well. Um, Diane says, this is hardly fair. Ed, here you go. Gives her the broken bottle. She holds it to Sean's neck. He gets something else. Oh, it's just, just great stuff. Um, one of the jokes that was very kind of, you know, struck a chord with me and, and was very apt, uh, you know, when um, the way that Sean calls David a chartered accountant, but he says it in such a way that to make it sound like such an insult, and he's like, I'm not a chartered accountant. Well, you look like one. Um, yeah, that that, um, that really made me laugh. Uh, I know a few, a few accountants in my life and it just, it just kind of makes me laugh. Um, and then we've got the most gory part of the film, the most kind of like horror moment in the film, uh, David's death. Just such good, um, you know, such good kind of practical effects uh, in, in, that, in that moment. Um, Diane using his leg as a cudgel going out. Is that been I'm, I'm, you know I'm I'm not really up on my kind of zombie films and stuff, but I wonder if that's been used in a in a film before and it was a reference to to something. But um, but yeah, no, that bit was that bit was great. And then the um the ending in the cellar is just. I mean the guys are just so good. I mean this is like they're talking about, you know, two of the main characters are talking about how they would kill themselves. Ed's in the background, almost going to die, still being hilarious. Actually, I, I would like to be shot. Um, but again, so so emotional. Um, the way they put the heads together at the end, I thought it was a little bit kind of Rain Man-esque. Uh, Sean's still got the bandana around his head. I thought that was like maybe a little call out to... Um, um, to the deer hunter, possibly, and of course Pete's death. I completely, completely forgot that bit when um, when Sean shoots him, he gets him right through the eye. Um, I thought that might have been possibly a reference to Mo Green in The Godfather. Again, this might just be me just being stupid and trying to say, oh look, I know these films and what they might be references to. Um, but yeah, I just know how much these guys love love dropping little references into into space and into this film. So I just I just thought those those might be little um, little things if you know intentional or or otherwise and um and then yeah we're um we're almost done done with the film um they get saved six months on i love the whole bit about um you know some of the some of the people who were who were zombies and weren't killed you know they maintained some of their primal instincts because some of the people at the start of the film are pretty much zombie-like anyway um you know, they can do things like being a trolley person, which again, I laughed at. My first ever job was being a trolley person. A zombie could do my job. Um, so yeah, no, I enjoyed that bit. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was just a just a funny little, you know, social commentary, a funny little detail that they, they added in there. Um, I thought as well that, um, yeah, you know, this, again, kind of making it like, you know, quite British and stuff, you know, he's not, Sean at the end of the, of the film has changed, you know, he's back with Liz, 
he's obviously, you don't know what he's doing for a living. You would imagine he probably isn't doing something, if not, if not different, not hugely different. Um, but, you know, he sorted his life out. He's, his house is much cleaner and tidier. He's still with his girlfriend. She, you know, they, they're just kind of, they're quite happy with what they want to do. Their Sunday sounds like an absolutely perfect Sunday. Um, he likes to go in the shed and see his, see his friend. Um, I, I read a few things that, you know, some people found the, the ending disappointing. I think it's a really good ending. You know, it's, um, I think it ends in a really good way, a really positive way. Um, and, uh, and yeah, just, I absolutely love the, um, the whole, um, the whole film has to be said. I think one last, um, just one last comment on it, really watching it now, again, for the first time in, in quite a long time, just the, how kind of, um, apt it is for, for now, you know, you do in kind of COVID times, it's, you know, they talk about isolation, they talk about, you know, how, um, uh, diseases kind of spread, how quickly they'll spread in a, you know, in a small, um, in a, in a small space, in a small, in a, in a city, how quickly it will happen. Um, yeah, very kind of, um, very kind of apt for, for these times as well. So it's, it's one of these films that will just live on for various different reasons, not just cause it's hilarious, not just cause it's got such a good script, not just cause it's, um, you know, these, uh, this introduction film for these kind of great actors and this and this great director, but also it's kind of timeless and um, will still be still be relevant in in years and years to come. So, um, so yeah, verdict absolutely loved it. Even more so maybe now than than I did when I was um, when I was eighteen when I first watched it, and um, yeah, I can't wait to talk about Hot Fuzz. The World's End, Scott Pilgrim, and um, and hopefully uh, when I've seen the, the Last Night of Soho, um, I can do a podcast on that as well. So um, so yeah, that's been uh, Shaun of the Dead. Thank you all so much for for listening to the podcast. I do apologise that it's um, it's come out later than than said uh, this week, but um, yeah, just a few problems in uh, just timings and and being able to to get the time to to do the podcast and and edit it together um but yeah thank you so much for for listening i really i really really do appreciate it so next week it is uh halloween um the podcast i'm going to do for next week will be out on sunday 31st of of october and the film that i'm going to review talk about discuss will be psycho absolute classic film so really looking forward to watching that one again uh and digging deep into it um so that's it for for this one um just want to say a massive thank you to all of you so thank you keep safe keep on trucking speak to you all soon bye bye